You are listening to the weekly sermon from Elevation Community Church in Blanchester, Ohio. We hope you enjoy this message from our children's ministry director, Michael Miller. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit myelevationcc.org. first about um, about giving myself walk-on music like a baseball player. But you know what? I, I got to go off my notes for just a second. Because as the band was playing, I just felt the Holy Spirit moving. And, and, and I, I just, this, normally like Baptists, where I, where I come from, say this at the end of the message, but I just want to begin with, guys. Did you know, if you read the Old Testament, that like when people were connected with God, things were good? And then they, were, they like would fall away, and they would fall into slavery, and then and then they get connected with God again, and and it comes back. It's like this this high, and then this abyss, this low, and then and they come back with God. And you know Jesus, you know Jesus lived this perfect life. Things were good. He's great. He's God. He's perfect. But then he's arrested, and he's beaten, and he's crucified. He reaches that abyss. And he dies. But we know that's not the end of the story. We know that he raises from the dead. Hallelujah, right? He raises from the dead and the story's not over. The spirit comes and and like we can live this life with God. And it's all because of of life, death, burial, and resurrection. And, And what I want to tell you at the beginning of the service, and kids, I want you to hear this. If you want to experience this resurrection, if you want to experience this life with Jesus, then what you need to do is fall on your face and talk to God, connect with him. And, and he'll listen. You ask God to just forgive you of the things that you've done because you know you've done some things you shouldn't have done. So have I, and you're going to hear it today because I'm going to give my testimony. And guys, yes, with those bad things that you've done, there's consequences for it. But if you ask God to forgive you, you ask God to, to be your friend, ask God to, to come into your life and, and change you from the inside out. Did you know that he will do that? He will save you from the pits of hell and let you live with him forever in heaven. And I just want you to know that before we even get started. And, and what I've realized, the reason why I wanted to share that, that's off my notes is I'm gonna share with you my testimony and I think lots of you can connect with this because what happens in all of our lives, we have this high point. 
We have things that are good, or maybe they feel like they're good or whatever. And then we might reach this abyss. We might reach this low point in our lives. But if we just connect with God, it's like we can have resurrection in this life. So I want to share with you my story that follows that same template. And guys, if you look at the universe, God put the resurrection in everything. You know that, that a, a, a seed falls off of a tree and it gets disconnected, it falls off, it dies, it gets buried into the ground? But then what happens? It grows new life, a new tree. If you're gonna build, we have engineers and we have contractors in the room. When you build a building, what's the first thing you do? You have to go break the ground to build a foundation. You take something beautiful and you tear it up to build something new. There's, there's life, there's death, there's burial, and there's resurrection, and so much in this universe that God created. But what I want to do is I want to show you that, that death and that burial and that resurrection that I found in my own life. And uh, it starts, and if I get my seat figured out, um, it, it starts with, um, of course, my childhood. And I know, I don't want to bore you guys with my childhood, right? But what I want to do is I want to read you a letter that my grandma, if you can put the picture of my grandma up, um, I want to read you a letter that, that she wrote me before my, uh, my, my, my second deployment. Um, and, she, and she died that year. She died while I was overseas and I couldn't even come home to her funeral. But before all this, she writes this. And I think this captures the highs of my childhood and, and how I had mentorship. I had love. I had nurturing with my family. So she, she, she writes, Saturday, April 13th, 2013. Beloved Mike, this story is especially for you. When you were four, um, one Sunday in the spring, you came home from Sunday school, church, and from your innocent, precious heart, shared your touch from God. Though you didn't realize it at that time, due to your age of understanding, praise God, he had put a calling on your life that day. Praise the Lord, he gave me the great privilege of witnessing it on that day. I told your mother you'd be called into ministry on that day. As time goes on, we're allowed to see so many prayers answered that we pray, uh, but forget sometimes to really give praise, honor, and glory to our God for his divine and perfect leading, knowing just what he, when he has us ready, just when to open a door, just when his time is right in any given situation. I've watched, waited, and prayed for you, Mike. We've shared the many struggles throughout life, but you know what? Our God is the winner. Someone should like, like shout that part, I think. Um, you will continue to have struggles, pain, and heartaches, but believe me, they are temporary, and praise God, only a learning curve. Please, precious one, learn to leave your concerns at his feet. Let go, God will help you. Be blessed, honey, for God has you in his hand. Pray, praise, and know, Mike, that he will direct your whole life and your wife and sons. Begin to see uh, what you have prayed in the past, though sometimes it didn't happen the way you thought. So you can see God's mighty hand in your life. Praise, praise, praise. I love you, honey, and I just wanted to share forever love, Grandma R. Guys... You know, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but my grandma was a spirit-filled woman. 
and she died without seeing me spirit-filled. That's, this is the beginning of my story. I, I, I had some highs, but I wasn't really connected to the spirit, as you'll see. And, I, and that, that's the only thing I really feel sad about to this day, is that my grandma didn't get to see the transformation that I'm experiencing now. But so that, that's, that letter that she wrote, um, you see that I was, I, w- I was saved at a very young age uh, through the story of Noah. They talked about like the, the rainbows and promises and that God you know, gave us another promise about the Messiah. They may not have used that word, but, but they, they talked about Jesus and I accepted Jesus as a very, very little kid. And so, and so parents, I want you to know that the spirit can be working in your kids. The, I get to witness it a lot. Your kids are so smart that God, God is working in them in ways that you don't even know. They ask such good questions. Talk with them about our lessons. These kids are amazing. You guys, have, you guys are great parents. You all have some wonderful kids. But anyway, I, I would say that at the, at my, in my childhood, um, I was growing, and um, I was connected to Christ, and I was having fun. So things were good. And I want you to hear, I'll, hear, I'll say those words over and over and over again. Growth, connection, and fun. As a child, I had that. And so there, there was some transformation in my life. Some, things got better before they got worse, right? Um, my whole family accepted Jesus as Savior. My sister, my brother, my mom, my dad, um, so my, my grandparents on my father's side. Like, like, they, like things started to go really well because my mom put me on a church bus and I got saved. And that's like, what an awesome thing, right? Through, through a kid. And again, kids, you... Can, can be a voice of God to your family. Um, you can be leaders even though you're children. But I carried my Bible to school. <laughs> um, I, I was a dork. Um, and, but I thought I was doing the right things, but guys, I think I was a bit arrogant. I think I was a bit um, pride, prideful. Uh, I don't think I carried my Bible to school for the right reasons, if that makes sense. Um, I was a kid and I was immature. I was growing, but I hadn't achieved what God wanted for me yet. Um, so, and some, some of you that are here, you know, you remember this time. You know, remember when I was in high school, uh, just like calling out like Sherry Blevins. I don't know if, did, did, did she make it? Sherry, uh, she taught, she taught a, a class for, um, for, for like before school, we had a, like a Bible study she taught. She knew me back then. Brent, of course, knew me. We graduated together. Kristen Unversall and Emily Ledford and Stephanie Montgomery. And I'm missing others, but I've been around this town for a minute or two. Um, anyway, that we 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 had this this weird Blanchester th- thing in the '90s. But what I want to do to kind of explain that part of my life um, and kind of where I was, I want to read this excerpt from this book that I I've been writing. And uh, you know, warning that uh, I'll never finish this book. So, uh, so I guess I'll, I'll read the, the good parts today. Is that fair? Yeah. All right. So here we go. It says, um, "Autumn Friday, Autumn Friday night in Blanchester. The crowd is electric. The lights are on. Energy and a slight Ohio chill is in the air. Pride runs through the veins of all in attendance, especially those in navy blue and white. Homecoming." A few wins on the road, and we are back to add another W in the column on our home turf. We are going to hand the ball to the hammer to gain three yards in a cloud of dust and hope that he breaks through for a few decent gains. Our linemen cannot be stopped, and neither can hammer. On D, our linebackers are in a trance looking like madmen. 
Jason's face is painted. I can't believe Coach let him. He looks like a demon warrior. The game hasn't started, but we can already taste victory, and we are chomping at the bit to get after it. First, we must pause. Utter silence. Our band is the best in the region, and they were about to perform my favorite song in the whole world, our national anthem, The Star-Spangled Banner by Francis Scott Key. There's no singer, just the band, but we all know the words. We take off our helmets, face the red, white, and blue flag that is waving gently in the crisp night sky, proudly place our hands over our hearts, and though some remain silent, some, including myself, sing. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming? Whose broad stripes and bright stars to the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming? And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave? Tears run down my cheek. I just love America. I love Blanchester. I love God. I love football. I think God loves Blanchester football too. So you can see at this point, um, I'm beginning to grow my understanding with God. Um, I may not have been connected to friends, and to be honest, I felt a bit disconnected from my church. I felt like an outcast, but I had connection with my family. But if I'm very honest, I wasn't very connected to the Holy Spirit, and I wasn't having very much fun. And so that leads me to the next phase where I, I experienced some challenges and some temptations in my life and where I kind of made some mistakes because I lived in this beautiful Blanchester bubble. That's three Bs, beautiful Blanchester bubble. And, uh, and when I got out of that bubble, <laughs> uh, I joined the Army. As some of you veterans know how this, the rest of the story goes. I don't even have to tell it to you. But, um, and, and because I had the kids in here, I'll keep it G-rated. But... I messed up. I joined the army, and I, at first I was trying to fulfill my calling that I told you about when I was, you know, when I was very young. When I was 12, I felt that calling in my life um, into ministry. So I'm like, you know what, God? I feel patriotic. I love America. America, you know? <laughs> and like, I'm going to join the army, but I'm going to try to serve you and fulfill my calling. Deal? Sounds good? I'm not listening? Great. So, um, so I joined the army as a chaplain assistant. And, and something I want you to hear is I was trying to serve God right? And I fell away from God. I'm going to say that again. I was trying to serve God, but I fell away from God. You guys know that we're not perfect. There are people in ministry that have the right intentions and things go awry. We're just like you and you're just like us. So we need your prayers just like you need ours. We're a family. We're in this thing together. And, and when I was active duty army, Though I was trying to serve God, it was not working. There were some ups and downs. Of course, one of the downs, like I said, I'll keep it rated G, but my sin. Um, I was living some sinful lifestyles when I was active duty. But yet there were some positives too, like um, some people noticed that I wasn't growing and I wasn't connected and I wasn't having any fun. So as I played drums, I practiced at the chapel, and I had to open the doors for this gospel choir to, to practice. Now, 
Those of you in the army, when I say the gospel choir, know exactly what I'm talking about. Those of you that have never been in the military have no idea. It's the black service. This is, I don't know why we segregate ourselves this way, but that's what people tend to do. And so there was a, a, a service in the chapel that was like 200 people and, and it was like all black. Well, they had a brilliant choir and, uh, and they would hear me practicing when they walk in and I would open the doors for them and all this. And uh, their drummer, being in the military, he had to be moved from one station to the other, so they had a vacancy. I was not the best drummer. They had guys lined up ready to rock and roll, but since they saw that I needed growth, I needed connection, I needed to have some fun, and I needed to, to really be with, with Jesus, they invited me to be their drummer. I'm the only white dude in the place, and I am the soul of the band. And I have the haircut. I don't have the beard, but I have the haircut that I have. And you know how that kind of goes too. So like, but they loved on me and, and they tried their best to have me connect to Christ. And, and things got better, but at the same time, they got worse because these guys were more Pentecostal than I was comfortable with, you know? So I, I, I come from a Baptist background and I'm like all confused. Like, well, what's the right way to be? What's the right way to go? And at the same time, my chaplain, who I loved, was a Lutheran. And he was converting to Catholicism, which that was fun. He had to send a dossier up to Rome because he was married. And by the way, in hindsight, I mean, it worked. He, he is a Catholic priest now. So like, so he took me to Washington, D.C. with him where there was this, uh, this Catholic um, seminary. And I got a chance to go back and forth with seminary students. So like, at this point in life, I'm in, I'm in the middle of sin, but people are trying to connect with me and like, and I'm, I don't know where to go. I don't know, should I be Catholic? Should I be Pentecostal? Should I be Baptist? God, are you in all of this? Are you in none of this? What is going on? So this was a very difficult time of my life as a young kid. Um, so then, then <laughs> as a lot of us have this big decision, are you going to stay in the military, active duty, or are you going to get out? Well, I decided to get out, but I joined the National Guard. So I guess that was a positive. The, probably the biggest positive so far in the story is I met this beautiful young woman named Tiffany Pangallo. And I married her as fast as I could. <laughs> because she's beautiful, and she's smart, and she's just, she's like a unicorn, you know? You don't, you don't find people like Tiffany very often, so I had to grab her really fast. And so, and so we've been married for 17 years. Man, I've gotten old. How'd that happen? But, but anyway, and by the way, you know, we've had, as a, as a couple, part of the down and, and periods of our life, We've experienced four deployments as a family because she's in the guard too. So she has, she has a, a deployment with kids and I have a deployment with kids. She has a deployment without kids and I have a deployment without kids. So we have, we have four total deployments to you know, Kosovo and Kuwait, different places. So, um, so that, was, that was a struggle too because, again, that, I told you guys, that growth and connection and fun, man, when your family's not connected, that's tough. We've experienced that four times in our life. So I guess I could say at this point in my life, again, <laughs> I was not growing. I was not connected really to family. I was not, I, I was not connected to, to Christ. I was not connected to the Spirit at all. And I was not having any fun. Um, so I'm going to back up to, in this point that I probably to explain some of the darkest parts. Um, it was my first deployment to Kuwait in 2008, guys. 
I met this uh, Seventh-day Adventist chaplain named uh, Chaplain Bray. I want to pause because this, this story gets dark, but Chaplain Bray is a piece of light in my life. So, so know that first. Chaplain Bray is a wonderful human being that in the long run, he helped me. But, but first, you have to know he's Seventh-day Adventist, and Seventh-day Adventists don't believe in hell. And uh, I'm not going to explain all the reasons why, but I will tell you that he was very convincing. We, we talked a lot about this topic, and, um, and he had me convinced that there, that, that there is no hell. And I still don't judge him for it because the guy is trying his best to, to, to live and, and, and find things biblically. Um, but see, you have to understand what that did to me. See, as this arrogant young, you know, Baptist or, or whatever I was at the time, whatever you want to consider me, hell, let me get up and explain this. Hell was like the center of my belief. Like, have you guys seen those charts with concentric circles? You know, and, and the one in the center is like what's close, closest to your heart, right? Well, my faith, kind of at the time, it went like this. Hell was in the center. Hell was the most important thing. And let me tell you why. I grew up with this thought process that, you know, you know I don't want to go to hell. Every, that's the most important thing. And the next most important thing is I don't want others to go to hell, so let's do some evangelism, right? So it was all about hell. And then like salvation was like a little bit outside of that circle, you know? Because, well, duh, to, to not go to hell, you need to have salvation. And here's the biggest error, is that Jesus was kind of outside that, that ring. Like, it, it starts with hell, and then salvation, and Jesus is the one that, that, that fixes it, right? So Jesus was not in the center of my faith. So when Chaplain Bray literally knocked the hell out of my faith, I was a broken man. Because he, he, he broke my faith. I, I began to question, did God even exist? Because if he had me sold on hell, I'm like, if there's no hell, is there, is, is, is there a heaven? Is there a God? He, bro he broke everything in me. So I questioned all of it. Now, I, I want to let you know that I've healed from these things. I didn't stay in this, okay? And kids, I want you to hear that too. Just because you have questions and, and, and maybe you don't have answers or maybe you come up with the wrong answer, it doesn't mean that your story's over and my story's not over. But I, I say, I kind of warn you that because um, there's, this is the darkest part. And kids, this, what I'm going to read is very dark, okay? I want you to know that I didn't stay in this, po this period and, and God helped me out of it. All right, before I even read this, this is not the end. Remember how I said that, that Jesus lived and then he died and he resurrected, that things got really bad? This is kind of like death to me. This is like when things were at their very bottom. So I want you to hear that I did not stay here. And adults, this is dark. So this might be a chance for you to go home and talk to your kids about these things because this stuff's important. So I'm gonna read from that book that I'm still writing again. I bought this Firebird. I like it. But it didn't fix me. Dad thought that it would make me feel better, and it did for about a week. It goes 100 miles per hour fairly quickly, even though it's a V6. Second Creek Road has a few straightaways, and it ends with a long one. 
I bet I could hit 120. I like the smell of gasoline and oil. The radio plays the song Fuel by Metallica. Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. Ooh, yeah. Turn on icy red. Adrenaline crash and crack my head. Nitro junkie, paint me dead. And I see red. I punch it. 70, 80, 90, 95. I see the stop sign at the dead end. Time stops in my mind. I see the telephone pole just off to the left. If I hit the ditch at 100 miles per hour, could I fly through the shallow ditch and hit the pole? What if I couldn't avoid an oncoming car? I don't want them to die, but why not? If there's no hell, then there's no God. If my entire life I was told about this God who sends folks to hell and saves others, if this narrative isn't true, then it's all untrue. It's all a lie. Turn on, I see red. I spent my entire life preparing to serve full-time in ministry, and there's no God. What a cosmic joke. If I die, does it even matter? If there's no hell, no God, and then there's no heaven, right? If there is an eternity in the balance, then, and this is all there is, then this sucks. Life sucks. A hundred years from now, no, no one will remember me. Nothing. I don't matter. Nobody cares. Adrenaline crash and crack my head. In the scope of the universe in billions of years, the earth is a speck of sand. One moment we're here, and the next moment we're not. Nothing matters. The greatest men will one day be forgotten as the earth crashes into the sun or freezes over as the sun dies. My death is eventual, so why not today? Paint me dead. What if I miss the pole? Will it hurt? What about my family? What if I'm wrong? Break, 90, 85, 80, downshift, engine revs, 70, 50, third gear, 40, 30, second gear, first gear, stop. No one is behind me. I am all alone. I look up and I do not see God. I weep. Guys, I was spiritually dead. I hit rock bottom. I was alone without hope. Yeah, I had come home from deployment where it was 90 degrees. And then I come home to a January, Ohio. Yes, there were some chemical things because of that transition for me, and I still had to take medicine because something went wrong inside of me because of that shift. But I was also struggling with the very existence of God. Obviously, I had no growth, no connection, and no fun. That is the abyss. That is the, the death in my story. But what happens next? Starts with an R, somebody? Resurrection. That's right. Resurrection happens next. 
So this resurrection starts with when I decide to live. I'm still in the depths of depression, but I decide to live. So what happens is I take this trip to Missouri for a chaplain conference, and one of my subordinates drives with me. We go up, and we have fun. We're talking. We're laughing. We have a good conference. I'm putting on the facade, acting like everything's okay. But then on our way home, things get a little bit more serious, and I start telling him the same stories that I just told you. And um, something that you'll be uncomfortable with that I'll share is um, Jeff, the kid that, that I went with, he saved my life because he was obedient to the Spirit of God. At the end of this trip, he said, Mike, which is a brave thing for him to say. <laughs> Nick, you understand what I'm talking about. I, I'm, a, I'm an E7. I'm a sergeant first class. And this, uh, this freshly promoted specialist, E4, one of my subordinates, calls me by my first name. He says, Mike, you mind if I pray for you? I'm like, Jeff, I mean, whatever, dude. You know, I'll, maybe I wasn't quite that rude, but I was broken, you know? He's like, you mind if I pray in tongues? I didn't, at the time, I didn't believe in tongues. I'm, you know, I, I can't, you know, I told you the world that I come from. I'm like, dude, fine with me. You can ah la 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 ba ba la ba all you want, you know? So um, he begins to pray and he, and he goes into tongues. And guys, I'm in, I'm in that abyss. I'm in that depths of despair. And God used that moment to, to reach out to me by, by giving me a gift of interpretation. I understood what Jeff was saying. <laughs> so what do you do with that? But see, but see, the spirit caused resurrection in my life. That was really the transformation. That was the changing point in my life. So what did I do next? Well, with, with, with Jesus back into the center, hell was on the fringes. I, I was still wanted to understand this theology. I still wanted to figure it out. But Jesus became my center, so I became more healthy with my faith. So I still wanted answers, though. So what do you do when the military is paying for school? You go to seminary and get a master's degree in theology to find all the answers. And guess what I found? More questions. I came out with no answers, and I came out not really liking the school that I went to. But you know what taught me more than any of it? My wife and my kids. Being a husband and being a dad taught me more about who God is than any of it. Because, because I've learned that to have a good relationship with my wife, I have to connect with her. I have to talk with her. Did you guys know that? Hey, guys, you probably should talk with your wives sometimes. It's really good. And, you know, and as a dad, I, I recognized with my kids that, you know, I, I really needed, not needed, I had a natural love for them, of course, you know? Like when they make you a birthday card or a Father's Day card, yeah, they scribble outside the lines and they make goofy little pictures and, and, and they misspell words and it's, and it's a mess and it's not centered, it's not a perfect piece of art. But you know, as a dad... I don't really realize that until I'm, I'm preparing a speech to talk about it because at the time you think it's beautiful and it's wonderful and it's perfect and you love them. And that's how God looked at me. God loved me even in the depths of my despair and he hurt for me and he wanted me to have that resurrection in my life. So, so, being, so guys, you don't have to go to seminary to figure things out. You'll probably come out more messed up than you went in, but, but learn from your experiences in your life. So I, finally, guys, I think at this point I was having 
some growth. I was connecting a bit and um, I wasn't quite having fun yet, but that's on the way. Um, <laughs> I think I'll, I'll skip a few stories for time, but I, I do want to mention that part of this healing and this resurrection process for me um, was the Impact Podcast. Have any of you guys listened to our Impact Podcast? Like four of you, that's awesome. Um, we don't, we're not recording it anymore, so I can't really expect you to, to be that familiar with it, but go back in the archives and check it out because what you see recorded um, is great, but it was before we pushed play and after we pushed stop that my growth happened because Brent and Daniel just poured into me. And when I was recovering and I had all these questions, our relate and guys, this is why I want you to understand connection with the Holy Spirit and connection with people. Man, that's where it's at. I did not grow with the Spirit until I was connected with other people. And being connected with other people, then that helped me get connected with the Holy Spirit. Guys, connection is so, so important. And so after all these things and I started to grow, I guess I, maybe, maybe the, the staff was waiting for me to get to a healthy place <laughs> and they finally hired me uh, to be the E-Kids director. Now guys, I'm gonna admit, I don't have it all figured out. I still have lots of questions. I still don't know how, how like the, 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 the question of hell, I still don't know how it works. I don't know. But what I, what I do know is that God loves me and I do know that some of these pet theologies that we have on the fringe don't matter as much as, as, as God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and your connection with him. So guys, I think at this point I go ahead and ask, ask the band to come up. Because um, I want to I kind of give you a, leave you on, on a high note that for, for me personally, guys, and, I, and the reason why I'm telling you this is your parents, man, and, and I have responsibility with your kids, and I wanted you to get to know who I am. Um, but with this, guys, I want you to know where, where we're going. I've been mentioning this the whole time, and what God has taught me through my own life is that we need this. These are the values that I've written for e-kids. I feel like this is Holy Spirit given, that we need to grow together, we need to connect, and we need to have fun. And guys, I want to tell you a secret about this. This is for adults too. It's difficult to connect with people if you're not having fun. It's difficult to grow if you're not connected. So let's have some fun in our lives and let's connect with people so we can grow. Guys, that's, that's my prayer for you is that as we can, we can have growth, we can have connection and that we can have fun. And kind of maybe the recruiting pitch with this too is that guys, we, I'm telling you, we are going to explode. We are going to grow here. I am going to have so many kids back there soon that I don't know what to do with them. So I'm going to need you. And I would rather have you all start volunteering before we get the kids in so we can go ahead and get prepared for what's coming. So, so with, these, with these values that I have, guys, you might be a teacher that you think that you can help kids grow. You might be a, a craft person that helps kids have fun. You might be a good shepherd that like looks the kids in the eye and, and you help kids connect. You connect with them. And that's what I'm asking you guys to pray about is where do you want God to lead you? 
Or where does God want to lead you? With us, growth, connection, or fun, and not just in e-kids. We have plenty of places for you to serve. So, <laughs> like, like I do when I give these videos for the kids, I'll give you my, my, my basic outro, is that I love you, and I hope you have a great week. Bye. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. If you'd like to go deeper with another resource from our church, please check out our weekly Impact Bible Study podcast as well. Both of our podcasts are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud.